Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on Wilcom. Tyco CEO Dennis Koslowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. I don't like lying because I agree with Scottish novelist Sir Walter Scott in his famous saying, Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. A lie can start off innocent, like telling your friend that you can't go bowling on Thursday because you have a dance rehearsal, when really you just didn't want to go out. Pretty soon, however, you are being asked to dance to Britney Spears' Toxic without ever even thinking of the choreo, and your friends are going to find out pretty quick that you are an uncoordinated mess. All of your friends leave because they can't be seen with an absolute failure at movement such as yourself. This sends you into a lonely spiral. You lose your job out of humiliation, and your wife can no longer support you because although she understands why you are sad since you are an unemployed, friendless, clumsy freak, she just can't waste any more of her life with someone who has no ambitions. And you end up on the street eating leftover Baconators out of the trash because you just couldn't bring yourself to tell the truth that you don't like bowling and needed a little goddamn alone time. The whole point is that one lie begets more. And pretty soon, the whole web comes crashing down. Many companies have discovered this. We have talked about a few here previously. And today, we bring you another such account, that of the Indian IT company Satyam Computer Services, whose CEO, Ramalinga Raju, started off with a small lie that turned into the largest accounting scandal in India's history. That was really um, dramatic. Never lie to your friends about about having about a dance. going to go bowling. About having a dance rehearsal because they're gonna ask you to dance, and if you can't dance, as that's someone it. who has had a lot of dance rehearsals and still can't dance, oh my god, I'm a terrible dancer. At first, I was gonna say, okay, you're just gonna say make the lie believable, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, you, you should know. make the lie believable. Be like if you're nine, you, and you should just say, I never. Have to go to a, I have to go to a profanity class. Yeah. And then they'll believe it. I gotta fucking go to this goddamn motherfucking class. It's fucking wasting my goddamn time. And the piece of shit teacher. I can't say. Oh, wait, okay. I can't say that. Excellent. Excellent line, Ina. Thank you. That's where it can stop. Uh, so welcome back, everybody. Uh, another episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Uh, it's Kashan, your boy, uh, as always, with Nina Kern. Your other boy. Yeah, we we dem boys. We we the trailer park boys. We dem white collar crime boys. Yeah, it's gonna be our <laughs> sitcom spinoff when we when we get that white collar crime boys. The white collar crime boys. No, we should have another C or another W. White collar crime chums. Oh, white collar like crime women. We'll just go instead of instead of bros. We'll just go women. No, I think fine. bros is better. Well, like that's sexist of you. Uh, <laughs> Men just do things better than women. What can I say? Wow, 
I don't believe that. Look for our new merch with that I tag. Don't with that tagline on the, with that tagline <laughs> on the front of a t-shirt. <laughs> um so today uh we're we're going on uh we're going on another world tour. We've been to where have we been? Uh, we've been to Italy, we've been to Germany, we've been to America a bunch, obviously. We've been to Canada. Uh We been, were in Central America not that long ago. We were in Central in America a, a week ago. Yeah, we uh Oh, the gold mine, Brie X, that was in, oh shit, Canada? where was that? Oh no, that might have been South America. I think that was South America. So there we go. So, but today we're going to Asia. We're going to India. Woo-hoo. India, we're covering the Satyam scandal in India, which is uh, widely regarded as India's Enron. And Get right. me some chicken tikka marsala. Uh, that is actually a British take on uh, Indian cuisine. All right, well, give me the OG. So uh, we're talking about uh, Satyam Computer Services and their CEO, Biraju Ramalinga Raju. Uh, also, his brother's name, by the way, is Rama Raju. So I like that name better. But you name you name your kids Ramalinga and Rama. It's it's. Hey, it's I get one confusing. time had a student named Antonio. And his twin sister's name was Antonia. Yeah, see, that's dumb and stupid. So I would also, I mean, I don't know about the maybe cultural significance of their names, Rama and Ramalinga, but it's still just like, don't name your kids anything too similar. It's so annoying. Um, But he was born, all right, in 1954. He was the first of four children, uh, and he would go on to earn a Bachelor of Commerce at uh, Andra Loyola College, not the Loyola in Chicago. I don't know how they're related. Or related. I didn't look it up, but Andra Loyola College. But would move uh, on to the USA to get his MBA from Nina. Can you guess where he got his MBA from? The University of Akron. You are close. Really? Yes. Oh, wait. Hold on. It's in Ohio? Yes. Ohio State University. The other one. Ohio University. Go Bobcats. He yeah. got it. He got his MBA at the at Ohio. At Ohio University. Hey, that's a really good school. I wanted to go there. It's a huge party school. I have never I've never heard anything. All you hear about is the Ohio State University. I never hear anything about Ohio University. Well, it's not a, it doesn't have the football team that OSU does. You figured you'd hear about it for something, though. If they could do something, you figured I'd hear about it. They right? have a really fantastic journalism program that I couldn't get into because I didn't have a 25 on my ACT. How's your journalism career going now? Um, terrible. Great. Well, other than this podcast. This counts as journalism, I yeah. guess. Uh, you've made it, Nina. I just want to... Fuck. You can have that. Yeah, I have. Oh, my God. Uh, in 1977, Ramalinga got married and embarked on... Failing at multiple different business ventures with his newly acquired MBA. Uh, This man tried and failed at a lot of things, including owning a hotel chain, a cotton spinning mill. Don't ask me what it is. I don't know. And oh, and industrial development and construction companies, all of which failed with him at the helm. So the first 10 years of him getting his MBA did not go well for him in business ventures. That is not a good look for OU. Definitely not. And you said they were a good school. So well, I can't help it if he's shitty at business. Well, I he was shitty for at least 10 years because finally... In 1987, Ramalinga joined with one of his brothers-in-law to create an IT company, a very weird switch of direction, um, and he named that company Satyam 
computer services. And although they did start off as a small operation with only 20 employees, uh, the company caught on quick. And four years later, they would get their first of many Fortune 500 companies in the farm equipment manufacturer, John Deere. Wait, what? They did the IT for John Deere. Oh. That was their first of many 500, Fortune 500 companies. Wonder what they think of the song. She thinks my tractor's sexy. Um, free advertisement. I'd say that's good. Does he say John Deere in that song, or is it just implied? Yeah. And if it runs like a deer, man, her eyes light up. Oh, she thinks my tractor. She thinks my tractor sexy. You can take, really you can take the gal out of Ohio, on. but you can't take the Ohio She's out of the always Stop doing a jig. Stop it. <laughs> what are you doing? This isn't a... <laughs> the line dance. This isn't square dancing or what? I don't know. Line dancing. What is a square but, but a shape made up of four lines? All right. Yeah. That's fair. Gotcha, bro. Uh, a year later... <laughs> In 1992, that musical uh, rendition aside, uh, the company went public. So they got their first Fortune 500 uh, company client in John Deere, and then they go public the next year. And 20 years after its creation, Satyang Computer Services boasted 185 of the Fortune 500 companies on their client list, reported having over 50,000 employees, and the company reported revenues of two billion dollars in 2007 their company or all those companies so just their company they service these companies they do it and computer services for companies nice so they became like the computer expert in the it services for multiple different like really large companies in the u.s were they all tractor companies i don't think there are 185 fortune 500 tractor (laughs) companies nina there's I don't know. You got International Harvester. You got Kubota, which that might actually be Japanese. That's what my dad has. He has Kubota tractors. Oh, my God. You're way too Midwest for me right now. <laughs> Your outfit should be made of corn husks. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're <laughs> talking about different tractors. This is like, like when I... It's funny. When I go off on like a stupid subject... That I know something about. This is exactly what it sounds like now. I'm pretty sure is yeah. you is you talking about tractor types. So I learned how to drive. I drove a tractor. Of course you did. I had to. I had to mow the lawn, and then I ran into a tree, and I killed it. Are you white trash? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I'm not white trash. That's my uncle. So two billion in revenue for 2007, uh, all of which sounds like Satyam was an incredible investment, mm-hmm. which was exactly. The point. Too bad that almost none of the things that I mentioned about it were true. What? They didn't do IT for John Deere? Okay, they did do that. I said almost everything. Oh, Not okay. everything was a lie, um, but a lot of the money and the numbers part of it, that was a lie. Uh, so in 2007, everything looked hunky-dory for Ramalinga Raju. What? I can't use the I can't use the phrase hunky-dory. You can. All right. I'm adding a little spice, little spice words into this. That's a spice word? Yeah. Okay. Because it's better than saying everything was looking good. Yeah, you're right. Not everything was looking hunky fucking dory. Everything was on the up and up. That also acceptable yep. uh, for Ramalinga Raju and his company. But I think we all know what was about to happen. Uh, as we've discussed multiple times, in 2008, 
When the recession hit, many different scandals were uncovered from Bernie Madoff to the Lehman Brothers. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of evidence that when a recession happens, that's when a lot of fraud comes out because frauds and especially Ponzi schemes, by definition, do well when the market's doing well. Yeah. So as soon as something happens where people need their money back and they don't have money to invest, all of those kind of crumble. Satyam was simply another one. In 2008, with the recession hitting the world hard, Satyam needed to pull in some more capital. Ramalinga Raju presented an idea to the board to acquire the company's Matus Properties and Matus Infra, which Infra stands for infrastructure, uh, two companies that were actually owned and operated by Ramalinga Raju or his like family. So they were owned and operated by either him or his family. That seems like a conflict of interest. You think so? And by the way, Matus is literally just Satyam spelled backwards. <laughs> So and that's like me making a service that's called Anon. A N I N. Oh, yes. Anon. I don't know why that took me so I was like, how would Nona? you say your name backwards? Nasik. Oh, wow. N A H S I K. Nasik. Nasik. Hey, that is a good company name. Though. I guess so. But I like to imagine that he just had no creativity and one of the, he was like looking at a piece of his letterhead, like blank letterhead, and then just happened to see it in a mirror. And it was like, <gasps> he's like, <gasps> that's such a good that's idea. So fucking smart. Uh, and the board, believe it or not, initially agreed to buy these companies for one point six billion dollars. Wow. However, obviously, as you sussed it out immediately, yeah. there was heavy pushback from shareholders about the deal. They saw it as an extreme conflict of interest that one company would buy another that was owned and operated by their CEO and founder. And after the Satyam stock fell drastically from a panic sell because everyone thought the deal was going to go through and they were all like, this is a terrible idea. So a bunch of people panic sold their shares. It went down and they stopped. They put a stop to the deal immediately. Uh, the move... Uh, from Ramalinga to get Satyam to buy Matus was done out of necessity, however. Uh, the attention on Satyam brought with it a lot of people looking into the accounting of the business. And in January, a month after the announcement of the Matus acquisition, Satyam's investment banker, Merrill Lynch, uh, informed the Securities and Exchange Board of India, the Indian equivalent of the SEC, of possible irregularities in the company's finances. Uh, just a few days after this, on January 7th, 2009, Ramalinga Raju submitted a five-page confession and resignation letter to the board of the company and also sent a copy to the SEBI and the stock exchanges on which Satyam was listed. Uh, in the letter, Ramalinga Raju admits that they have inflated their cash and bank balances, accrued interests on the falsified balances, and their debtor's position while understating the company's liabilities. All of the misstatements together add up to a misstatement of 7,000 crore rupee, which from now on, I know I'm going to state all amounts in dollars, but if you want to look into this further, everything is stated in crore, which is 10 million rupees. Wait, so seven... So it's 7,000 times 10 million. That's, uh -uh. How, many, that's how many rupees. No. no. I'm not doing that math. It's it's a lot. Um, it's a lot of rupees. But I but I'll tell you right now, seven thousand crore is the equivalent of around eight hundred and seventy six million dollars U.S. dollars. So 
a lot. They overstated by a lot. They over the, overstated. Over the yeah. By 876 million. Yeah. Um, and although the subsequent investigation alleged that the actual misstatement was double that, all in all, we are pretty sure that the value of the company was overstated by at least $1 billion. Um, the conservative estimates are 1.2, and then the uh, the highest estimates are around $1.5 billion that their company was overstated. Holy shnikes. In the course of a few years. Um, the company was actually only worth around... $78 million. But on paper, it looked like it was like worth $2.2 billion or something crazy. No, $1.2. So it was like more than 10. They overstated their value by like 10 times what their actual value was. That's crazy. Yes. Uh, and in the letter, Ramalinga had this to say about how the accounting fraud started and continued. And this is, honestly, even though it's five pages, font's big, so... It wasn't that hard of a read. He put it in like 36 font. Yeah, it's big. It was it was like a There's like actually just one word per page. I'm so sorry. My bad. It's like a high schooler trying to get around a book report, yeah. Yeah. Which I think I've used that exact same metaphor recently, but that's fine. Um So, he had this to say, uh the gap in the balance sheet has arisen purely on account of inflated profits over a period of, this is how it's written, so of last several years, what started as a marginal gap between actual operating profit and the one reflected in the books of accounts continued to grow over the years. It has attained unmanageable proportions as the size of the company operations grew significantly. The differential in the real profits and the one reflected in the books was further accentuated by the fact that the company had to carry additional resources and assets to justify higher level of operations, thereby significantly increasing the costs. Every attempt made to eliminate the gap failed. As the promoters held a small percentage of the equity, the concern was that poor performance would result in a takeover, thereby exposing the gap. It was like riding a tiger not knowing how to get off without being eaten. Who's riding tigers? I, I Maybe it's a, a, a more apt metaphor in India. I don't know. They're probably, maybe, I think tigers are. I didn't know it. that like, they the, were like rideable. Bengal tigers, I think, are from India, so. Yeah. They're not rideable. No one's putting a saddle on a tiger. Well. Not. It's a metaphor. Yeah. I do, like, I don't know, I guess an appropriate American equivalent would be something like trying to ride a wolf. Afraid Still to get dumb. off, uh, not yeah, being able be to find a way off without eaten. getting eaten. Sure. I guess. I don't know. Whatever. People quote that line all the time, though. So, honestly, if he wanted some staying power, I mean, he's got some. He, he put a, light, a nice little quote in there. Uh, so, you're probably wondering at this point, okay, well, he started the gap. The gap, you know, he started lying, and then it got insurmountable, and that's why he had to come out right now. But how did they even fake the gap in the first place? Well, since they were a computer-savvy company, uh, the way they manufactured this gap was by manipulating their accounting software to be able to hide or produce invoices or purchase orders at whim, uh, making fulfilled invoices to fictitious clients. Uh, this caused them to claim that uh, their company was holding over a billion dollars in cash accounts, all of which was not really there. Uh, supposedly, they like put a backdoor in their accounting software that had like a super user login that you could then like 
delete invoices or add invoices or whatever at whim. So they just pumped their system with like falsified documents. Interesting. And they were good enough at it that no one noticed for a long yeah. time. Um, so yeah, a billion dollars. That's what they said. Oh yeah, we got a billion in cash. They had none. <laughs> was, they had none? And none. It was all a lie. Yeah. The, the accounts were completely fake. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so Romalinga would also falsify other documents like bank deposit sheets uh, to prove, quote unquote, the validity of these assets and to win over investors. That's how their stock um, initially started rising is that he was showing, he's like, look at all this cash we got. And he faked all these bank deposits that showed them depositing like huge amounts of cash into a, into like a holdings account. And just, it was all fake. Um, this perceived company success led to the stock increase for their company. Uh, but in the letter, Ramalinga would go on to assure everyone that he did not personally sell any of his shares in the company over the last eight years, except for those labeled for charitable purposes, uh, that he actually gave money back to the company to keep it going and insisted that he did not benefit at all financially from this scandal. I'm calling bullshit. Well, you'd be right. And honestly, he might not have profited financially from this, but it was not from a lack of trying because the ensuing investigation discovered that the reason that Ramalinga started the accounting fraud was not simply because the company had uh, like not met expectations for one of the quarters and he like fudged it a little bit for them to meet him, but rather that Ramalinga had started investing heavy amounts of money into like Indian real estate and when he ran out of money to invest, he simply just started siphoning off funds from uh, Satyam to cover his real estate investments. Um, and he did this through he they found a, like a whole network of like front companies that he floated the money through to then deposit into uh, real estate. Like you really think you're not going to get caught? So here's the thing is he thought, well, if my, if the investments return a profit, I'll just put it back. All I do is put the money back and keep the profit. It's like taking out a loan. Yeah. But it's you didn't a tell anybody about the loan. It's a completely illegal way to do it. Right. They also use their stock to secure loans on top of that to buy more real estate. Um, the only problem is that when the recession hit in 2008, uh, the world real estate market screeched to a halt. It was uh, it was all over real estate and mortgages. So the whole thing blew up. And all of Ramalinga's investments dropped in value. And the jig was up. Uh, the acquisition of Matus was the last-ditch effort to incorporate these assets into Satyam's balance sheet and make up the falsified assets with real ones. So that that's what he said, is that this, like, option to merge the companies was his last ditch effort to get actual like assets in to cover the distance that he had falsified on their, their balance sheet. Um, so when that didn't go through, there was nowhere for Mr. Raju to turn. Uh, and at this point, the price of Satyam shares had dropped from its 2008 high of 588 rupee per share to just 11.5 rupee, Ooh. which is not a, I didn't even do the conversion. Like eleven point five rupees is probably a nickel. Yeah, that's not very some, much or something. Not a lot of money. Um, the investigation also discovered that Satyam had also listed too many employees, 
So you know how I said they had over 50,000? They were supposed to have 53,000, but it seems, as far as the investigation can tell, they only had 40,000 employees. What was, was that just to make them look better? No, so the money that was supposedly being paid to the fake employees was instead being used by Raju on property. So he was like faking these like salary pays to these yeah. employees, but taking that amount of money and then just siphoning it off through his companies to pay it everyone oh else. Oh my God. So there weren't actual employees receiving the money. It was just him giving the money for 13,000 employees to himself to invest. So basically stealing yep, it from the company I and throwing it to somebody I else. didn't benefit from this at all. Yeah, I know. When when I read the letter, I literally out loud was like, "You fucking bitch!" Like in my living room, I was so I was so upset. I was like, "This guy, like even when he's confessing, he's still lying." Yeah, you're just a little bitch. It's like if you're gonna take the high road and come out and confess, then you should at least confess everything. Right. Like why? Are you, like what's the benefit of holding back now? Like you think you can still get out of this? Like, they're not going to discover all of these lies? No, I, they're going to find out. I guess that's what he thought, but he was so wrong. Yeah. Um, and although uh, Ramalinga swore that he had never uh, sold any of his shares, the investigation also uncovered a dummy account that was actually owned by the CEO that was used to purchase and sell shares in Satyam for a cheeky bit of insider trading. So he lied about that too. He, yeah, he was. He, he was lied selling, about everything. He was selling his shares before, like profits were released, mm -hmm. um, or before they went down. He like sold a bunch of his shares, um, and then, like I said, he was also using his shares to back loans to invest in real estate, knowing that uh, because his company was doing so well, he could get better loans secured with less um, less securities. So what a bitch! He basically just stole everything. Oh, but oh, couldn't get off the tiger. Might eat me. He can't. No, the tiger could eat him. He's the one also starving the tiger. That's why it's so hungry. You dumbass. Right. But uh, so two days after uh, submitting his letter, though, Ramalinga Raju was arrested uh, and charged with breach of trust, conspiracy, falsification of records, and my favorite charge that I guess Indian courts do, cheating. It's just called cheating. Hmm. Which is fun. We should, we should introduce Well, you cheating. know what? He did. He did cheat. He did cheat. So uh, after multiple years of court proceedings and bail being granted and revoked multiple times, it was weird. Like they kept like granting him bail and then like an appeals court would be like, no, you can't have bail. And then it would like go to another court and they'd be like, nah, you can have bail again. It was weird. I don't know. Um, you can do that? I guess. But it took multiple years because it took all the way until April 2015. He was arrested in 2009. That it, is a long time. It took until April 2015 uh, when Ramalinga and his brothers, who were complicit to the crime, were sentenced to seven years in jail and each fined $689,000. 5.5 crore. That's do that doesn't really cover everything that they did. No. I mean, I don't know how much, and then like the thing was, is the company sold, you know, they were like incorporated into something else. So I don't know if he got money from that. Um, he probably got to keep all of the real estate investments he bought with it. Mm -hmm. So who knows what happened there? So I'm assuming he made more than $689,000 in that time. Yeah. Um, but that's not the worst part because within a month of them being sentenced um, and convicted, all of them were granted bail by a special court. In the location where Satyam is located, uh, Hyderabad, 
which they paid because it was like it was something crazy low, like ten. It was ten. It was what was it? It was ten million crore or one million crore for or one million. Sorry, that's one tenth of a crore. This is so much math in my head right now. Like, that, like get I'm so lost. Uh, it was it was one million rupees. Okay. For um, Ramalinga's okay bail, and then everyone else got fifty thousand, which is called a lakh. Fifty thousand rupees. So this is not a lot of money again for them to get out. Yeah, for them for what they did. Yeah, which they simply paid, and since then there have been no more proceedings. So I don't know if like that bail, I, maybe it's something with the Indian courts that you just pay the bail and you're out now, because that's what happened. They paid the bail and he's out. He hasn't been back to prison, so he was in prison for a month. One month. Yeah. He was sentenced to seven years, but then he just paid his bail and he got out. So I, and as far as I could tell, that's where the story ended. So I was like, so I was like, that just, so he just like, he did all this. He gets, he goes through like six years of court where he's out the whole time because eventually they did give him bail. So he got out and he spent the whole time out and then he gets sentenced to seven years and then just gets out in a month. I have no idea. I like maybe the justice system in India is just really broken. I don't know. I would, you know, I would I know. venture to say it might be. I was like, I don't know much about their, you know, their justice, their system legal system, yeah, and their legal system. But like, come on, bro. Like, it's that seems like a very light sentence considering everything, or like, you know what I mean? Like, that seems very light considering everything he did. Yeah, and to this day, Ramalinga Raju still lives his life as a free man, and I don't even know if they barred him, if they have the ability to bar him from sitting on a publicly owned company. I but hope nothing ever mentioned that he got barred from working on a publicly owned company. So I, I don't know. So unless it was just <laughs> left out because, or if nothing, nothing that said it was translated into English, I don't know. But still, interesting. Um. That isn't the complete end to the story, however, uh, as we always uh, we always try to discuss the auditor in these accounting fraud cases because that's kind of what they're there for. Yeah. Is if someone's trying to do this, they discover it, right? Yeah. And the history on here has been they do a terrible job of that. How many times has an auditing cut? Like I don't I don't hear a lot of times when an auditing company exposes a company for doing accounting oh fraud. no we've i don't know if that's ever happened on any of the episodes we've talked about so is it like the tsa where the, there's not really been a lot of documented evidence that the tsa has ever stopped a terrorist attack maybe they're just you know uh, auditors are there because they they, they give have you, to be they, they give you a like a thought that there's security around and maybe but there's not in actuality i don't know um but the auditor in this case is also not without fault. Uh, the Indian branch of Price Waterhouse, which is another one of the big four, used to be the big five with Arthur Anderson uh, before Enron. Um, Price Waterhouse was Satyam's auditor, and they failed to verify the cash assets on the balance sheet for eight years. They said they had a billion dollars in cash, and they were never like, "Show us." <laughs> they never did that. They just they were like, just like, "Hey." They were like, "Yep, unqualified opinion. You got it." Uh, they were originally banned from auditing, though, for. They were banned from auditing at least publicly owned companies for two years. But the ban was quickly overruled and taken away. And then uh, Pricewaterhouse just had to pay a fine. And by the way, uh, Pricewaterhouse or PwC was also the auditors for a couple of our other cases. They were the auditors for Tyco. 
which was another accounting fraud. And then they were are they also had some inquiries into their audits of Evergrande. They were they that's are, the Chinese real estate company, right? Yes, that is like. People are really worried about like tanking the real estate market again, like for the second time. You in know, I years. I should look that up because we did that episode. It feels like a long time ago, ish, and I haven't heard anything about it. So they did default on. I mean, we're going to get into. I guess I, I do still keep up with the news. They defaulted on their first their first bond, and then they had to restructure their they had to restructure their assets and. It's still not looking good. I mean, I don't know Great. if they're ever going to be able to pay it back. There's no way. They owed so much money. But they have been getting assistance because it's like, well, okay, if you go under, then we're it, fucked. It is, it's not only going to wreck a lot of China's economy, but international economies as yeah. well. So um, many people uh, refer to this Satyam scandal, though, as India's Enron. And their comparison holds up because it seems like just with just like with Enron, no one person in this entire case really got more than a slap on the wrist. Uh, Satyam, Matus, and all other subsidiaries would eventually go on to be sold and incorporated into other companies, and they all achieved profitability within four years after they were sold too. So nothing bad happened to the company. And nothing bad happened to the people who were running the company incorrectly. That's crazy that nothing happened to the company. Yeah, and by the way, um, that Satyam also won like a big award for company governance during the time that they were doing the scandal. So that's another thing where they were like, we got to change how we look at these companies yeah. and about how we evaluate uh, company governance. Um, another thing I forgot to put in here, but I'm going to mention now, Netflix actually, um, they do a series called Bad Boy Billionaires. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did in India like um, compilation or a, a mini series of, of bad boy billionaires, India and Ramalinga Raju was supposed to be an episode. They taped the episode, they did the episode, but before it was about to release, Ramalinga Raju got a stay put on the episode and it has not been released um, because they, because he like cited like defamation of character that they were making stuff up to make him look bad. So Man, that would have helped a lot with this. Yeah. <laughs> with this, and good luck putting a stay on us, man, because it's already out. And we, yeah. and, and we did a lot of primary research, so I don't know what you're going to say to us. Probably nothing. Probably cause, nothing. Because <laughs> no one's going to figure this out. Hey, we do have some listeners in India, though. Yeah, well, and, and may- they may find this. And maybe we'll get and some then- more. I feel like this is, this is, this is a really big story in India. Yeah. But it just goes once again that, you know, we don't hear a lot about crime in other countries. And no, I, no, not like this. We hear about other crime in other countries, like um, violent crime or like sensational crime. I guess that's fair, but I could I don't think I could name a, a serial killer outside the U.S. except for um, Jack the Ripper, maybe. Yeah, I don't know about serial killers. Like, uh, I don't know. We also have American serial killers. Well, we also have the highest rate of serial killers. I'm about to say, I just, I thought about that as I was saying this. Like, actually, you know, Americans, we we do have more of the serial killers than everyone else. Yeah, we have a lot of serial killers. So, but yeah, we don't hear about, like, uh, I mean, Flotex was such a big scandal. And just like, there was nothing even in English. No. to, To learn about it. Yeah. Like, that's how crazy it is. Like, we, and trust me, we're very good at committing white collar crime too in America. Like, um, the best at it almost, it yeah, seems like. Yeah, we don't like, have but, any problem. But uh, you just don't hear about other ones. So it's nice to kind of do these case studies on on a company that 
you know, you really would not hear about a lot of the times. Maybe, yeah. maybe even if you were in a college class on it, they might not even touch on stuff like this. So who knows? So to wrap up, Ramalinga Raju did indeed weave a very tangled web, starting with a single strand, a little lie on the balance sheet. But as we have seen with many other accounting scandals, the lies only need to get bigger and bigger with every quarter to keep the appearance of profitability. Raju was addicted to his real estate investments, thinking that he would make enough money to fill in the gaps later, but the recession had him spiraling out of control. And with the fall of his house of cards, he took with him billions of dollars in investments for shareholders, grandmothers who invested in the future, hardworking people who saw an opportunity to retire one day, had their dreams dashed against the wall with the downfall of Satyam. And no one served more than a month in prison for the willing deception of these people. The best way to avoid our tangled web, or for that matter, getting eaten by a tiger whose back you have inexplicably found yourself on, is to never spin the strand or get on the beast to begin with. So don't do it. Don't do it. Don't lie to your friends about knowing the dance to Britney Spears' Toxic. Don't do it. Because you'll end up divorced. Burgers out of the trash. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> so thank you guys uh, for listening to today's. It was kind of short, but I mean, honestly, I, I like got through most of the info and I was like, that's everything. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it is that way. I was like, it, it was literally just like, eh, he lied. He lied because of this and he kept lying. And then he didn't go to prison for long enough. He's a liar! Uh, A tale as old as time. This fucking guy robbing shit and not getting punished. So that's kind of why we do this. So if you agree with us that you uh, think these kind of cases need more uh, notoriety, more more publicity, then hey, guess what? You know what's a great way to get them more notoriety and publicity? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Is to share this content. Share it! Share it, share it. So share it or boost it in some way. I mean, uh, rate, review, like, whatever. You can you can write a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, or you can rate us on Spotify, or on uh, or on Apple Podcasts. You can watch our videos too. Yep. Uh, this, you know, we made a couple of visual based comments today, and the only way you're ever going to get those is if you're watching the videos either over on YouTube on Entertainment Buffet or also on Spotify. Hosts our videos, so you can go there, do that. Um, it's a free way to support us. If you want a not free way to support us, well, you can buy our merch. You can Hell just yeah. Hand the money to us, basically. Uh, Give me the money, BB. Shirts, hoodies. You said mouse pads last yeah, week. Yeah, I have which mouse pads. I didn't even know that. So mouse pads, you know, spiff up your desk a little bit, whatever you want. You can go buy that over at TeePublic. Uh, the link is in the show description. Um, or you can go to our website, whitecollarsredhands.com. Click the button that says check out our merch. That'll take you there. While you're there at the website, you can check out our bios or listen to the show directly or all of our links to the podcatchers are on there too. So if you're looking for a link directly to your podcatcher and you can't search it for some reason, uh, then you can go to our website and you can check it out there. Um, You can also go to our socials. All of our links to shows are there. Um, That's going to be facebook.com slash white collars red hands, Twitter at white collars pod, Instagram at white collars underscore red hands. You can catch some of our clips over on TikTok. Um, White collars red hands is our handle there. Is it at 
And no, on, no. on TikTok, is there an at? Is that how you tag people in videos on TikTok? Like Twitter? I think it is. I'm no, gonna, I'm looking right now. I'm going to go with it is. So we're at. Yeah, it's an at. We're at White Collars Red Hands on yeah. Ignore the Baby video that just came up. On yeah, I was trying to look and see what the deal was. And yes. Yeah, it's at White Collars Red Hands on there. Uh, see some of our clips. Share us on there. Get us, you know. Some more listeners. Hopefully, the kids are into white collar crime. I think we've proved. I think they've proven time and time again they aren't, but they should be more. So that's okay. Get um, them started young. Yeah, <laughs> get them started with uh, with anti company Marxist ideology. Slum young. And I think that's it. I think that's it too. So uh, we'll wrap it up. Nina's got to go go to a show. So. <laughs> We'll wrap it up. Let her go. Uh, be funny somewhere else. So yeah, I have to share the wealth. Exactly. Uh, more communist ideologies. Nice. Um, so thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week on another episode of White Collars, Red, Red Hands. Hands.